Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we are going to review a just-released Western, The Harder They Fall, directed by James Samuel, co-written by James Samuel and Boaz Yakin, and starring Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, Regina King, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, R.J. Seiler, is it Seiler? Kyler? Seiler? Danielle? Danielle Deadweiler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know I'm gonna forget all these people's names. <laughs> Eddie Bethegi and Dion Cole. And you know, usually we review content that is already deemed a classic in some way, but we are making an exception for this film. The fact that it's depicting Black people in frontier country already makes it groundbreaking in many ways. And today we will determine whether it is a classic from of the right perspective. We'll do a recap, we'll discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. Let's start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm the middle. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. You ain't as tough as you think you are. That is what they um, said by um, Sounds um, of Blackness. Um, um, and hello, um, I am Brittany Wright. <laughs> I'm caught between it was actually kind of catchy <laughs> and being sickened with her being actual. I was like, I didn't you know, know what emotion to feel. Yeah, it's just not the way the intro is supposed to come. It's just not. You know. Listen, big, big bro's getting us back on track here. Get okay. us on track, bro. We need a voting symbol. We need a voting symbol. And I didn't come up with one. And we all know Brittany did not either. Mm-mm. And all I'm saying but yes. I have at least three. Respect. Go through them, Sid. Throw them out. <laughs> run through, Throw them run out. Through. Revolver. Okay, of course, a gun. Because mm-hmm. everyone was oh, okay. Revolver. Very mm-hmm. specific. Yes. There's a difference? Very good. Um, mm-hmm. Gun. Mm-hmm. Revolver. Big gun. Giant revolver. What are they called? Anyway, musket. No, it wasn't that far back. So we... <laughs> um... A horse, um, and uh, what's that like? It was like a traveling jail. <laughs> the the the, the train locked, with the they locked up. Um, oh, 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 Rufus love, love in Rufus. it. Well, not the oh, big metal one. Oh, the um, is that called a stagecoach or it's just like a carriage or like it's yeah, a carriage, so, so. like a covered Something, wagon. A covered right. wagon. A covered wagon. Some type of wagon is to, to put that old, you know, type feel. So those are my three. Mm-hmm. That's good. Right. On opposite day. But what do you got, bro? So hard. We have <laughs> no, I'm just, I, listen, I know it's cliche, but I just, I feel like it has to be a rover. It just, because that is the staple of the Western. It was the origin story of the main protagonist. It was how he concluded, you know, <laughs> and that is what the Western is. It, it, it's all, the, the, everybody has what, that oh, is what. Or the revolver inside of a revolver protector. Now, I'm pretty sure that's not what it's called. The thing that sits on your head. A holster. There we go. You know, I know you know what a holster is. Thank so, you. I couldn't think of the word. 
I couldn't think of the word, but well, I y'all... described it and you all knew what I was talking about. Listen, <laughs> we sure did, Seth. And... <laughs> <laughs> there were vulnerable. <laughs> you have great descriptive <laughs> skills. And so, <laughs> y'all, I get the, the voting symbol for today's podcast is. A revolver. And so at the end of this discussion, the harder they fall will receive zero, one, two, or three revolvers. And it must receive three, three in order to, to be, be a considered cl- <laughs> a classic from other right perspective. Can I, okay. can I say, can I say real quickly? I'm just depressed that all of us don't have on cowboy hats right now. But let's let's keep moving. I'm very depressed. Let's It'd be pretty plan, awesome. That's because if I was in that time, I'd be working at the burlesque house. They didn't have cowgirl hats on them there. <laughs> they didn't have them on for long. Hello, hello. All right, All right. That, I blame I blame myself. I blame I blame myself for that direction. All right, go ahead, sis. Okay, so let's get into the recap, and y'all. Spoiler alert. Spoiler There's alert. Spoiler Big alert. They abound. Okay. Abound. For those that are new Spoilers to this podcast, to we usually recap and review and discuss content that's been out a long time, sometimes a couple decades. And so we just feel no shame in just doing deep dive recaps of things because sometimes it's stuff people haven't seen in a while or they haven't seen it at all, but they still want to enjoy the podcast. And so we do a spoiler filled recap at the time. (laughs) And so here we go. It's happening. So the heart of a fall takes place in the wild, wild west frontier period of American history. And it opens on the scene of a family, a father, a mother, and a son, about 10 years old, about to sit down to dinner. You can tell it's a happy, healthy family. And suddenly there's a knock on the door. The father answers and he recognizes the man on the other side and his face is filled with dread and fear. And we don't get to see the face of the man that was at the door, but we can tell he's up to no good, okay? The father says to to leave and just leave the wife and son out of it, but it's too late. Whatever has happened in the past cannot be forgiven. And the visitor shoots the wife, shoots the father, and then carves a cross into the forehead of the little boy, but does spare the little boy's life. A few decades later, that little boy has grown up to be Nat Love, an outlaw and leader of the Nat Love gang. Their gang is known for robbing outlaws that rob others. In other words, they don't rob banks, but they rob the people that rob the banks. And you get a sense that they're clearly very good at it, okay? Because the government already has a 10K bounty on Nat's head alone. Somewhere along the way, Nat Love came to understand that the man that killed his father was the head of another very successful gang of outlaws, the Rufus Buck Gang. Nat has been killing members of the gang to avenge his father, but he has not managed to kill Rufus Buck himself, in part because Rufus is currently in prison. Correction, he was in prison. It turns out that Rufus Buck and his whole gang have just been pardoned by the government in exchange for killing a group of corrupt U.S. Army soldiers. 
That means Rufus Buck is back out on the streets. And if that wasn't enough of a surprise, it turns out that Nat Love's gang has inadvertently robbed members of Rufus Buck's gang to the tune of $25,000. And it wasn't any old $25,000. It was money that Rufus Buck was planning to use to save the city that he founded before being put in prison, Redwood City. He didn't found the city for the, just for the sake of founding it and ruling it, okay? He founded it as a model for how he thought an independent Black city could run. So he had a larger vision. And while he was incarcerated, the city of Redwood had essentially been put up for sale by its mayor and sheriff, a man that clearly values money more than his life because he took the risk of double-crossing Rufus Buck. Of course, that guy was dead by the end of the movie. Needless to say. Anyway, Nat Love's gang knows that Rufus is in Redwood and they devise a plan to take him down. But things go awry when one member of Nat's gang gets captured by the Rufus Buck gang. It causes a major escalation because that particular gang member happens to be the love of his life. Okay, stagecoach Mary, that by the way, would not agree to marry him because he is so preoccupied by the need to avenge his father's death. Okay, he can't even focus on his relationship. Okay, but Rufus Buck agrees to release Mary in exchange for the 25K that Nate Love's gang had already stolen from him, plus 10K of interest. Nate Love agrees to the terms and robs a bank to get the additional $10,000 that they need to free Mary. And once they have all the money, the Nat Love gang goes to Redwood to make the exchange and the inevitable confrontation takes place. Both of these gangs are well-skilled and loyal to each other and the fighting is fierce, okay? We've got big guns, okay? Little guns, hammers. <laughs> This pitchforks, okay. <laughs> By the end, the it's town. Manly, it's thing. Oh yeah, every By which the, away. Every which away, okay. <laughs> By the end, the town is demolished, okay. And Rufus Buck only has one me- one member of his t- of his team left alive, a fierce woman named Trudy Smith. Nat Love has a few gang members left standing around, including stagecoach Mary, the love of his life and a marshal that had become his reluctant ally and only for the sake of taking down Rufus Buck. In the end, of course, it comes down to Nat Love versus Rufus Buck. Okay, the face-off. And Nat actually has the chance to shoot Rufus in the back, but he doesn't take it. He tells Rufus to grab his gun so they could have it out face-to-face. Rufus does grab his gun, but he reveals that he has no intention on shooting Nat because, wait for it, they're brothers, okay? They had the same father, all right? Before marrying Nat's mom and becoming an upstanding citizen, Nat's father had been an outlaw and an abusive husband and father to Buck and his mom. In fact, he killed Buck's mother in cold blood right in front of him and left Buck to fend for himself. And so we see this is the cycle, okay? One father had created two outlaw sons by abusing one and abandoning him and loving one and essentially abandoning him as well. Both of the brothers are angry and hurt and broken, you know, by this revelation, but one of them has to die for it to be over, 
okay? It really is the only course considering all that has occurred, okay? And that love, he kills Rufus Buck, okay? You know, he ends up burying his friends, um, you know, that, that died in the, in the fighting. The marshal agrees to help Nat Love fake his death for the sake of getting, you know, getting Nat off of the most uh, wanted list. And then the last member of Rufus Buck's gang, Trudy Smith, watches as Nat Love and Mary ride off into the sunset. The end. Mm. Y'all, I felt like the whole time watching, listening to you, I felt like the screen should have been in like that sepia, reddish, <laughs> old timey, like still a movie. And then uh-huh. all I heard uh-huh. was like the pianos in the background. I'm just tell you that I've seen the movie twice and I feel like I just watched it for a third time. That's what I feel like I just watched it again. One thing about recap in this movie, y'all, it's it, it, there's so many names and so many characters and so many personalities that were so well crafted for the movie. It was too much for the recap, but y'all, I mean, it was just the, these these were these were gangs where you could tell these relationships were well worn. Okay, and so these 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 were communities that that were at war, and it was just. Um, to recap all that complexity, y'all, that's hard. Well, I that's mean, hard. The, and the other thing is that I'll tell you, anybody who's listening to this or watching this, there's no way we could get into everything that this movie covers in terms of origins. And what all I'll tell you is, is that every character is based on a true character. And all those true characters have extremely interesting stories. Mm-hmm. And, and this this podcast would be 14 hours long. Absolutely. Tried to, you know, but once you watch the movie, it's and you see all the people you like, I would just take time to go back and watch things on each, you know, do research on each of them because all there's Stories are so fascinating. Like, I, you know, I mean, this this movie really sent me down a rabbit hole because, like, I went and looked up all the people and watched videos of all the people, and then I watched the movie again. You know, just because yeah. it was interesting having those true stories in the back of my head, even though this story is completely. The, the movie is a fictional story, but the character, the characters were were based on real people. And just to just to run off a couple of those names, real people from that period, Nat Love, Rufus Buck, Stagecoach Mary, um, Bass Reeves, Cherokee Bill, Jim Beckworth, Bill Pickett, Wiley Esco. These were real people. Yes. You know, and um, certainly the personas were real. And the opportunity to get to see Black people in a Western is so special. You know, I did do a little, I didn't, it doesn't like I did as much research as you, bro, but I did um, do some reading just about like, because, you know, again, it's like, this is a whole part of um, American history that, that we don't talk about. You know, right. Black cowboys, they were present. Um, historians say that one in four cowboys were Black. 
between the 1860s um, all the way to the um, 1880s, y'all, I mean, the, the Black people were very present, but in the lore of that time, we don't see Black people on top of the horses, you know, riding around in any kind of authority. But they were there. They were marshals. They were cowboys. They were, you know, very present and very active in, um, and I hate this term, but like the settling of the West, uh, you know, of, of this land. So, but bro, I have to ask, what made you, you know, suggest that we do this movie? We never, we've done only one other current, like, like new release movie. We did a 40 year old version by Rada Blank. Cause that was just, that shocked our minds in channel nine. So we just gotta <laughs> do it. But bro, what made you say, oh, we gotta, we gotta do the right perspective on this movie? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, like like we say, we I mean, we are a black podcast. <laughs> and, and and first, so obviously those movies are always going to uh, uh draw my my attention. Just but the thing that I really loved about this movie was number one, it was just fun. It was a fun movie in the sense of it was just a straight up Western and it, and it was done in a way that I hadn't seen before. And, I, and I'm looking mm. up and, and I'm looking up because there have been black, a couple of black, what I would call black Westerns, namely Posse, which uh, was Sorry, um, it was it Mario? Is his name Mario Van Peebles? The um, I don't know that movie. The movie I've Posse. Never, oh, oh, never, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Right, I'm like about to Google like, oh, yeah, Posse. Yeah, the, look, look that up. And I normally don't look stuff up while we're talking, but I just don't want to. I just don't want to get it wrong. But um, that movie was also had its roots in kind of. Okay, it came out in ninety three. Yeah, 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 that that movie in ninety three. Yeah, Mario Van People. Yeah, Mario Van People. Yeah, so this was also based on, you know, it had its roots in like what actually happened. Yeah, and so, but but and Django was starring a black cowboy. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, Jamie Foxx. Jamie with Jamie Foxx, but. This movie was done in a way that I've just never seen. You know, like it was just a straight up Western that, you know, happened to star black, uh, a black cast. Absolutely. And just the idea of, because one, a couple of people I did know, like Bass Reeves, have you all the, um, heard of Bass Reeves before this movie? You know, the name rings okay. a bell. Well, Bass Reeves was the first black. Um, uh, I want to. I want to say. I wanted to say sheriff, but I want to make sure that that's deputy marshal, U.S. marshal. He's the first black U.S. marshal, and he has a fascinating story as well. So, so like that's another great one for you to for for you. All of them are great. They all have documentaries. But what I'm saying is just the idea. Yeah, Bass Reeves was a member of the Confederate Army during the Civil War. And then after being freed. Yes. What became a U.S. Marshal going into the Indian Territory. Mm. And he was 
the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was, he was the truth. And what I'm just saying is, is the concept of that to just put them all in the same story just because was great. And um, the story, uh, and so I feel like this movie is going to be something significant as the time goes on. Um, I've enjoyed, I'm not a Western fan, but I've always enjoyed Westerns. But it's not like I'm not a Western fan in the same way that I'm an action movie fan. But what I'm saying is, is that the Westerns I have seen, this movie was definitely all of that. It was, it was, and that was the other thing I enjoyed about it, that it was definitely a Black movie, but it wasn't focused on that. It was like more, this movie was more about these rival gangs and, and, and you know, love, and the characters just so happened to be, Well, bro, know, I will tell you there are two things that you said that have really, like, stuck out to me. Number one was that it is a Western that happens to have a Black cast. That's right. I, as I was watching the movie, I had to keep telling myself that. Because I was like, yeah. Yo, why are we fighting? Why are we not uniting? What's going on? The man is trying to hold us down. And then I was like, it's a Western. Mm-hmm. The gangs. This is a movie. And so I can't to tell myself that. I was like, Brittany, what, what, get, get come down off this pro-Black platform that you're always on. I just, I just, just come down and have a good time. It is, it is, <laughs> it's got to be just tormenting living in that It's <laughs> so hard because I see everything. But now what, so it's, it's through that lens and I'm always like, what's, what's this mean? Oh, okay. Just checking. Uh, but on the other end, I would give a little pushback that there, that this was a shout out to Black people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, although it was a Western that happened to have an all-Black cast, this was definitely like, I mean, I'm no, pretty no, sure. I, well, no, no. I, well, I, I'm pretty sure white people are going to watch this, y'all, because it's on Netflix. But this is for us. <laughs> I just want y'all to know that, like, this is for us. And so, but I, so that's how I felt like when I was watching it, like, this is, this is a Western movie for us, y'all. Everybody's going to see it, but really I wrote this for y'all. And so, but even with that, I still had to adjust my mindset, but there were still things in there that like, for example, um, Trudy uh, Smith, what's her name? Okay. That's it. Trudy Smith. Yep. I got it right. When she (laughs) shot the person when all the, the train conductor, he couldn't even get the N word out. She was like, anybody that says anything with an N, they're going to get shot. And I was <laughs> like, <laughs> she was like, you could have been saying nincompoop. Well, we're not nincompoops. And I was just like, it just kind of made me chuckle. Like, yes, this is, it almost had, it almost felt like little pieces of modern situation, but still set properly into that time period. And, and since um, did you did you have a familiarity with any of those um historical characters? Like had you heard of mm, Stagecoach Mary or Cherokee Bill or 0.5%. Okay. <laughs> um because I had heard of Stagecoach Mary floating around like I feel like there's like a musical or something about her I don't know <laughs> it's like I've I've heard that name before but everybody in this movie was all new to me 
um, and really learning about them, I was like, I have not stepped into learning about it uh, because I'm not like a, a Western watcher. I would not have not that I don't care about that history because I think it's important. Um, I just, it wouldn't have been anything that I would look up. Yeah, so I also yeah. appreciate this movie bringing that to people like me who would not have looked these individuals up on their own, at on their own time. Like I'm not going to, who's the, you know, I see sections in shows about black cowboys and how important it was and how thriving it was and how they set the tone for so much. but that's always it. Like I just, okay, it's a documentary I'm watching and it just has a piece on it, a section on it. Yeah. You know what? And I, I'm kind of along those same lines, Britt, like I've had an, a a vague awareness. Um, and a few of the names did were familiar to me. Like I knew stagecoach Mary, you know, um, also known as black Mary. She was, um, you know, born into enslavement, but um, eventually, after being freed, became um, actually had, had a was a postal worker. Like, and and her reputation was being able to get mail through kind of like rougher um, routes, and she would have to defend the mail and was able to defend the mail from thieves and she and, and outlaws. She you was know, tall. Wow. Oh, shout out to the tall girls. Hey, <laughs> holding it down. Yes. <laughs> And I had also heard of Cherokee Bill um, and Cherokee Bill, um, you know, was a part of a gang called the Cook Gang, and they ravaged the Indian Territory from 1895 um, through 1896. Played by Lakeith Stanfield. Yes, Lakeith they were Stanfield. they robbed st- stagecoaches, banks, okay. stores. Um, you Lakeith know, Stanfield, and it's, when you watch this, I love you. OK, <laughs> he was so good. So he much. was so good. Okay, he's, he's, was, he's, so al- he's always okay. he's always good. He's so he good. Everything he does. He's always good. And the other thing is, is that he's good at comedy and drama. Like, Absolutely. Yes. And um dramedy. And he brings uh because like when he's in TV shows or, or movies where he's being funny, he's really funny. And then when he's in serious stuff, it's really good. He's just so good. And so good. I mean, but That's I, I honestly like felt like that small about the light. whole. So good. I felt like that about the whole. I felt like there weren't any weak parts in the cast, and the when I started watching this, I'm gonna tell you, I had kind of a. Oh wait, sis, did you finish your point about? Well, you know, the history. Thanks. Yeah, the the point I was going to sorry, make, we like I totally took that over because that's I okay. To I was going to circle Stanfield back. Know that I, it was a love I'm sorry, sorry, and, bro. Um, I just Britt and I already covered this earlier. We don't have to get into it, but I am oh. also in love with Lakeith Stanfield, and <laughs> I'm older, and that. so I should get first dibs. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I like I was just going to name like I read historical historical romance novels black historical romance novels and there is one author in particular beverly jenkins okay um she is amazing actually i have a whole row like i have so many of her books here um but she is one of those authors that's creating fiction but she is staging it um in a in in the reality of parts of history that that you know 
we don't get to learn about. And so she will have in the back of each one of her romance novels, wonderful references that you can actually use to, to learn more about the, the truth of um, kind of like black history of that period. Uh, so anyway, I was just going to say, so like the reason I kind of know about Stagecoach Mary is because there was a character that was inspired by Stagecoach Mary in one of the, oh. one, of the one of these historical romance novels. So shout out to Beverly Jenkins for um, there's just so many parts of Black history that she highlights in her romance novels. And she's like teaching as she entertains. So um, yeah, so good. But that's the point I wanted to share. But I was happy that we transitioned to start to talk about the actors and the portrayals. You know, um, Jonathan Majors, who played Nat Love, y'all. Idris Elba played Rufus Buck. I mean, this casting for these two leads, just amazing. And I don't know Jonathan Majors. Is, do y'all know him from stuff? Did I miss it? What is he? He so I I'm trying to figure out. I know him from Lovecraft Country. Um, I'm I'm looking him up right now because those are the things that I've seen him in, and he has an amazing singing voice. I was like, okay, Jonathan, come on. Okay, Lovecraft Country. That's what I know. Loki. When we rise, those are television. Those are the ones I know him from mm-hmm. the most. Yeah, and it looks like he's he's his his um credits kind of start in 2017. Mm-hmm. So films he was in the Five Bloods, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Captive State, Gully Jungle Land. That one as well. Yeah, the I, Last I haven't Black seen any Man of these. in San Francisco. Listen, that's a great movie as well to watch. That's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. But he was just my goodness. I oh. mean, I I, I just so enjoyed. I, I enjoyed everybody. I really did. I enjoyed all the characters. And the thing I loved about this movie was that I I kind of had a revelation. I was on an airplane and I started watching that movie Soul. You guys ever see that? Uh, an animated classic? Uh, yeah. yeah. And... <laughs> Tonight's favorite pastime. Loves it. I was um, I was watching it, and there was just something. It wasn't that the movie wasn't good, because it was good, but there was just something that was kind of bothering me. And the thing that was bothering me is that I love that movies and everything is getting more diverse, and 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 you know people are doing different things, but it's like. Black stuff always has to be so black in the sense of, uh, like, he couldn't just be a teacher or a science teacher in this movie. You know, he had to be the hip, you know what I mean, soulful jazz playing, <laughs> you know, music teacher. And it's I'm not saying it's bad. Sure. It's just that it's always, you know, has that little tint on it. And... This was a black movie that was definitely black, and and I, and uh, it was definitely you know because that was the whole point of it. But at the end of the day, these this movie was about some cowboys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and yes, they didn't avoid the. You know, they still dealt with a little bit of the things that the black people were dealing with, 
but it was just a movie about these two gangs. And I just loved that. I, I just loved how it was just, yes, this is a black movie, but it's more about these two gangs who happen to be black rather than just over um, um, emphasizing on, on, cause I, I really believe anybody who like, like Brittany was talking about before, whoever likes Westerns would, would enjoy this movie. I mean, it has great gunfights. It has great, you know, it, it all, even up till the twist ending, it's just all, it's just a good movie. And yeah. not to get too, too far off, the, but the reason why I wanted to say that right there is because I felt like the cast just did a great job of just being black, but also being there's just some being cowboys, great, man. great actors. Like, like, like they're, actors. They're, they're just playing cowboys, rough, rugged people who are just, you know, uh, living the best way they can. Listen, and, and shout out to the women for them heavy skirts. You beat yeah. people up. <laughs> And, and I and love it. With, with, with comforters on. That's what you had on. You had on comforters. <laughs> okay. Shout out to you. I'm and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm biased when it comes to Regina King. Like, listen, so love, everything she does. I love. She could do a commercial about ABCs, and I'm like, did she get an award for that? She's because just she should. So, she's so good. Like, she does. I, I, and, and she, it was like, I just love how she can portray like this strength and sexiness. You know, it's like it's this. true. It's true. And I, you know, and bro, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, Regina King's character in, in, you know, reaction to your comments about yeah. the movie being a black movie, but it is, it was, it was it was just a western with a black cast right. um and you know i struggle with this because part of it, it like it is problematic that like a rom-com with a black cast is considered a black movie and so it gets mm-hmm. a different kind of marketing it gets a different kind of you know funding and then it's it has a, a certain mm-hmm. set of limitations mm-hmm. and coursing that it will take because of that um, but at the same time, I think it is important that we don't shy away from the, the nuance of being black in those contexts, you know, and I thought this movie did a good job. I mean, you know, the, the character that Regina King played, there was more than one time where she made a reference to, um, you know, the, the black context in which she was moving. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she definitely did it in that income poop scene. Brittany was talking about mm-hmm. where she was like, you going to say exactly. the N-word, yes. you're getting shot. Yes. Um, at the same time, you know, she, you know, and I think about her, that, that exchange that, uh, her character had with with Rufus Buck, where we started to understand more the complexity of his character. That yeah, he's an outlaw, but um, he has in some ways this this righteous plan to actually build black cities. And so they're they're on this this other mission as well that is yes. actually about 
Black community and Black empowerment. Mm -hmm. And so the movie very much, like, I think did lean into, this was a Black experience, you know, which is different from having a script that could be played by any race of people and be well done because it's a well-written script. You see what I mean? And so I think this movie did a good job of of having these characters hold that they were Black. I mean, they had points of time in which they were navigating uh, specifically white contexts. And they they named it and we got to see it. Um, And they, they, we watched them experience, um, you know, discrimination and just the reality of, of what the interactions would have been at the time. So, you know, I, it, it's tricky. It's tricky. I like that label, that that label of black movie. They didn't, they didn't linger there. They didn't linger in those moments of where there would have been the discrimination. Totally. And because I appreciate it wasn't that because that's, that's, yes. that's not the whole narrative of us. Yes. Right. Like, that's not right. all that we've had. And that's that is what it's about. Dealt with. Yeah, totally. Um, and so I and definitely it, appreciate that. Because if they didn't go into it, it wouldn't have been real. You know what I mean? And like, it wouldn't have, because... Because so this is the truth of the of the experience. The truth, and they didn't shy away from it, and they they just they just made it real. And all of the characters, we it just felt like we with and some of them didn't have a ton of dialogue, but even with just a little bit of dialogue, we got to understand their relationships and their history and their loyalties and, you know, um, you know, their, their risk tolerance, you know, it was just like, so it's just so well-written in terms of like character development. Because when you're talking about that many people. Yes. Being directed, I, I when I when I started, I was like, okay, I'm getting Quentin Tarantino vibes um happening really? here with this. Yeah, just that whole like splurts of blood everywhere, you know, kind of that look to mm-hmm. it a little bit. Um, from what I can remember of like Django and Kill Bill. Like those I definitely saw it in my, like like the color palettes and yeah, like the, the that way type the, of thing. The, like the it was like the the contrast yeah, yeah totally not that they were trying to mimic mm-hmm. but that i just i felt that well everything type of vibe uh yeah that mm-hmm. type of quinn tarantino influence to it i mean i appreciated it because i was like listen i was like listen you want bullets and you want some spurts of blood gushing out of somebody's neck don't it's worry a western, about it baby. It's a western, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, i love that if y'all had a chance to ask the writers a question or the director, um, one of the writers was the director. Uh, if you had a chance to ask one of them a question, what question would you ask of the writers or the director? You know, I, it's like, I am definitely going to, after this podcast, I'm going on YouTube to like stalk this guy because I just this the the idea for this movie and like this this creativity of taking these historical characters, grouping them all together, 
and bringing them to life in this way. I want to ask him, like, um, did you contemplate um, maybe focusing a movie on on one of the characters? Was that ever an idea? Did you um, ever think about bringing to life an actual scenario from one of their lives? Like, how did he get to this per particular idea? Um, and in particular, that twist ending of the two characters being brothers. Um, I would love to just hear his thoughts about like how he, um, you know, decided how that would play out. Because the truth is that last scene, y'all, even with that revelation of them being brothers, it could have gone a lot of different ways. We could have had Rufus kill, um, kill Nat anyway. We could have had um, some kind of ending where neither of them died. We also could have had an ending where both of them died. And any of those could have been a satisfying ending to the story. Absolutely. And so I would just love to like pick this guy's brain, like about how he crafted this story and kind of what his, what his thinking was. If y'all could ask him a question or like the writers or that, that director, what do you, what would you ask? Uh, who put together the soundtrack and can I have 17 copies of it? Because I just want it anywhere that I am. So you can just start playing. As soon as I walk something it was it was perfect. I was like, I'm sorry. Do I hear Lauren Hill? Is that is that Lauren? Oh Lord, it's Lauren. It was was just perfect. Is that Jay-Z? Is that CeeLo? I said, okay. Okay. It just moved it. Feeling. So good. To put yes. reggae and hip hop yes. and like and that that black choir, that old school black choral operatic type of singing, I was like, Whoa. I need to watch this movie just to listen to it <laughs> again. So the good. background of it, it was they so good. Had soul music. Oh, had so good. oh. And is so the good. Sean Carter that is the executive producer? Is that Jay Z, or is that just a coincidence that the person's mm. name was Sean Carter? I didn't uh, look no. it up. Um, I don't look up any. That's a heck of a name to have if you ain't. Let me see. But that would have absolutely been my yeah. The, the, the motivation behind like that musical and who put it together mm-hmm. and then. Was there a song that you already had in mind and then said, you know what, I need you? Or did the people watch the movie and then come up with it or certain scenes like did yes, he read Jay-Z. the script and did, okay. It did is he read this script. So then that helps me rather such listen. <laughs> you have a genius behind it. The soundtrack is not gonna be awful. Well, it I've, says the music was by James Samuel, the same guy that directed mm, it and co-wrote it. Listen, this guy is. Ah, he is He's amazing. I had to, when I got done with the movie, I did Google him just yeah. to kind of see who he was. I was like, sir, what? You're, you're pretty amazing. Uh, just in case you didn't know. He's you're British. Awesome. He's a British singer, songwriter, music producer, and filmmaker. He had a studio album titled They Die by Dawn and Other Short Stories. In 2013, he is the brother of the Grammy Award-winning musician Seal. Mm-hmm. What? Well, you know what? I heard, that too. I heard that through TikTok. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. 
makes so much sense. Like mm. just the the, the attention to detail. So the scene where they, oh, I'm sorry, bro, you didn't answer the question. I was about to get something else. Uh, I would want, I, listen, every time I watch like a black superhero movie or TV show, it's always the guys in the inner city fighting crack dealers. And it's always so, it's like, I want to see black people and you know all kinds of people, but I would love to see black people not acting like they're not black, but not that being the focus. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just wonder if it just happened that way or if he was intentional in that, like, we're bringing all, obviously what we're doing is bringing all these characters to life. And there's a definite, but I want this to be a Western. Like, I wonder if that, I wonder if that was a intentional thing or if that's just how it happened. So, so I would ask him that. Oh, so good. Man, my brain just said, I, I think all Black people want that. Man, we don't want our ethnicity to be the forefront of everything we do. That's what I'm talking it's like, about. But we just walk outside the house and it's like, oh, I'm Black. Thank you. Like, I, it's and, like, and that's, like I just want to live. Thing, because it's like anytime, anytime <laughs> you put um, Black, when, when they put Black people in the forefront so many times, they're not just like who they are it's always it's all like that is such the forefront of of what's going on but at the same time this person is a human being like Hancock was a uh superhero movie that I felt like should have been more well received than it was but starring Will Smith because first and, of all he's my husband I, I I know that you both love Will Smith but he does everything amazing. Not on the Britney level. Not, not, not. I love Wild Wild West and I own. Um, yeah, that's some love right there. That's some love right there. But the reason why I like that movie, <laughs> I like that movie Hancock was because he was, he was just a superhero that happened to be black. Right. And, and, you know, like I think there was even a couple of you know black jokes in there or whatever, but like that wasn't the focus. He wasn't a superhero that you know has been alive since slavery, and he was once a slave. And you know what I mean? Like it's all, you know, why can't this person? You know, so many times I just feel like why can't this just be a regular person who's also black and not denying the, any of their black experience. But there's black CEOs. There's black, you know, just why does it always have to be? You know what I mean? I and do, so, I do. And I yeah. it's like, it's like because it's like the black story is often the story of overcoming, you know, and grappling with the discrimination that exists because we live in like these white supremacist constructs. And so it's the story of black people overcoming that. And it's always that. Um, But I also struggle with narratives that 
completely leave it out because Absolutely. like, you know, cause it's like the, Absolutely. It, a balance. Like it, it's a, it could be a love story, but if it is a love story about black people, there are going to be some things about that experience that are unique. And so it's like, you want them in there. Absolutely. But, and, and part of that will be overcoming certain things that are made trickier because of what it means to be black in colonized places. But, you know, but I get what you're saying, bro. (laughs) I get what you're saying, bro. (laughs) I, I, when you used Hancock as an example, if you lost me a little bit, because I love that, that he was just a superhero that anybody could have been that superhero. Um, At the same time though, I also like the stories where the character just happens to be black and their blackness and that truth of the black experience is still something that is named in a real way. I, so I just, Hancock, I just want, I think is, I'm saying I just want it all. That, that's all yeah, I'm saying. That I agree like, with I, you. I'm not, I'm yeah, not, like, I'm like, not I, in disagreement. I'm yeah. not in disagreement. Not, I, I get exhausted. I can barely watch the news because I hate so much the way the 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 way that the black narratives play out in media like i so i'm i'm with you bro like i I, i'm exhausted with it i'm exhausted and and, and it's it's a subconscious thing to always you're you know separate you're you're different you're it's all it's just i don't i think it's intentional i wouldn't even i wouldn't even give you know these sectors the benefit of the doubt in that way i think there are narratives that that they like perpetuated and those are the ones that get perpetuated absolutely so i'm sure part of it is implicit bias or oh, we didn't realize but there's always a piece that is this is what we believe you are and so that's what we're going to can, show can i ask you guys a question I um and I'm just I'm just curious because obviously uh stagecoach Mary was played by Zazie Beats. If, if I'm saying her name. Correctly. I thought it was Zazie, but I Zazie, okay, that Zazie just be because I wanted to no, be I don't, Zazie. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody I'm say not, it. Um I don't know. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Zazie. You Zazie, know, Zazie, I don't know. Zazie oh. Beats. But um, she was also in. I don't know. She's also in uh, (laughs) Atlanta ATL. You know that. And oh yeah, and so and so girlfriend. There was, and I'm, and I hate even reading this up, but I'm very curious about you, you guys' thoughts, because. You know, because obviously Stagecoach Mary is, like I said, she's six feet tall, big woman. She carried mad guns. <laughs> like, like she was was uh, a rough and tumble, you know what I mean? Which obviously she wasn't portrayed that way in this movie. And there were a lot of people complaining about that. So what, what yeah. were you guys' thoughts about that? Now, I will say I got I heard the discussion preceding seeing the movie. I don't know why I was so delayed in watching this movie, 
I, cause I'm very like, oh my goodness, everything black. But I think that I was kind of thrown off that it was a Western. And I was like, they're saying, yes, let me promote it, share it. I'm probably not going to watch it. And so I was like, <laughs> but I started seeing things come up on social media. And there was just a complaint like there is this fair skinned um, black woman playing um, a dark skinned black woman. And kind of like essentially, a slight whitewashing of history, right? On what she actually looks like. And so I did not know she was six feet tall. Um, and But I did know from looking at her picture that she is dark skinned and she was plus size. She was a fuller figure woman. And so to have this kind of dainty, now let me tell you, she wasn't dainty in the movie, okay? <laughs> she was but a G. She was she, a G. She was she, quite gangster. She was quite gangster. Um, but to have someone that was basically opposite of her to play this character um, is, is, is frustrating. And if you are understand anything about colorism, um, if you understand anything just about the history of what has happened on many soils, right, which is to try to erase Black people. Now, of course, this movie was Blackity Black, Black, Black. So we are not concerned about that. But why was she the choice? Now, do we want to say she was probably just did the best at, at when auditioning? Like, oh, my God. Yes, we need her. Um, but is there always still this looming question of why when we do have these characters that and we're naming that the historic figures that they do not look like these people. And to have someone be so opposite of her, I thought that was slightly ill-placed. It did not take away from the movie. I was not sitting there bitter or anything like that. But I do believe that there are a ton of dark-skinned, tall actresses who could have killed that role as well. But now, would they have been the same height as Nate Love? Well, yes. And would it have taken away from this, seeing this, which we stereotype of the big man and the little woman? Yes. It would have taken away from that rom-com, what we're comfortable with type of feel. But we need to normalize that there are people who are both six feet and above, <laughs> they are both maybe larger and they are both dark skinned and they're yeah. in love. Yeah. We need to be able to see those things and be okay with it and not think that it's odd or it's weird or that you're standing up and trying to make a statement. No, these people exist all the time, everywhere. Yeah. And so I think that that is something um, that did kind of, it took me off, but in the same breath, I'm all, I was also like, you can't make people happy. Like everybody is not going to be happy with everything you do. You have this amazing movie. The soundtrack is dope. Every actor and actress did an amazing job, but she was light skin. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I get, I give up. I give up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I, I have mixed feelings on it. I have mixed feelings on it. You know, I will say as a six foot tall, dark skinned woman, it would be nice to sometimes be the, uh, and it, you know, um, you know, to be the, the romantic, you know, lead, 
Um, and I will tell you, I, um, I had a flashback just even as you were just asking the question, bro, I was in middle school, um, in a, um, a, a musical theater program when, um, I, and they were doing the whiz and I had tried out for Dorothy and I actually, the, the, the teacher actually said to me, Janiah, you were the best singer here, but you're taller than all the boys. So you can't be Dorothy. Um, and, and it was just like, oh, cause I'll, I'll be taller than all than any possible lion scarecrow. I couldn't be Dorothy. And so I have been getting messages, explicit messages forever that, um, you know, height and complexion are barriers to kind of like desirability and, um, you know, just to, to, to be the romantic lead, um, you know, anyway, so in that way, it was a missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity. That said, this was not a stagecoach Mary biopic. If this was a movie about her life, I wouldn't even, we couldn't even do it on the right perspective because I would not watch it. Okay. Because that would be, there's no way that a woman who isn't six feet tall and dark skin could tell my story well. Okay. And so, and it would be a missed opportunity for someone to, to watch an interpretation of my story without someone that has at least walked in my shoes a little bit. So if it was, if it was a biopic about stagecoach Mary, I, I would be frustrated. It was like when Zoe Saldana um, had the absolute nerve to play Nina Simone. The audacity and put on makeup to be dark skin. And it and still who, wasn't dark enough. Who, who because your camp not, said, "Oh, this is a good idea." In a movie that is about the experience of a person, I think that it is important to cast someone who looks like that person, so that the experiences that you see on the screen can be, you know, understood in that reality. Um, but I didn't in this movie because this was not. The truth, it's, 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 I, I, I would never fiction. like put was, a picture yeah. of like, you know, you know, each of the like Bill Reeves next. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't it's need not. to do that with this approach Mm-mm. to storytelling. So anyway, I have mixed feelings. It, it's a missed opportunity because there's certainly a black actress that looked a little bit more like Stagecoach Mary that could have killed this role. I know Absolutely. she's out there. There's t- 25,000. Like, they're everywhere. I'm sure. Listen, I have like three of them in my head right now mm-hmm. that could have played so that It's a role. missed opportunity. But I will say this is not anything new for what many dark-skinned women have been going through. And then just in terms of the media, you see so often the light-skinned main character um, pitted against the dark skin main character in terms of women, the dark skin character is more funny. She's not as desirable. There's always jokes about her. Whereas the other one, she is more of the love interest and she 
gets the guy and all these different things. Or you have situations where there is a dark skinned person replaced by a light skinned person Mm -hmm. um, in these shows and these different things that happen. And so there are so many examples of this going that part of you is like, okay, black man, you have a chance (laughs) to make sure (laughs) that that doesn't happen. Totally. Shout us out. Okay, especially you being a dark skinned man. Don't shout us out. But with that being said, again, it wasn't about her. Don't want to down it. Don't want to be that, you know. Oh no, I I, I think Sally person, but it 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 is it is something to name. It's very tricky. And I'm not just saying this. I think the both the the commentary that you two just gave. She did have 4C hair, though. That's great too. I appreciate that. Well, I was about to give you a compliment, but since you cut me off, I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> you just blew it. It was going to be a top-notch compliment. You can still do it. All right, fine, I'll do it. But I don't <laughs> want to. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm just going to say, out of all the commentaries I've heard, I really believe, that, like, in my opinion, you two just gave the best commentaries of the, like, I just feel like that, is just such a well you just explained so well you know like i feel like somebody who didn't understand will understand after you explained it and um because the thing is that this the, the one thing that i didn't understand that people weren't talking about is that yeah, well first of all like you said this is a made up movie so this, this is a movie. This is a fi- this is fiction. They say it in the first line. Yeah, of, of, they're letting you know we took you know we took Real massive liberties with these people didn't even live at the same time. <laughs> if you're looking for references yeah, yeah, at the yeah. end of the movie, we don't literally said while <laughs> the events of this story are fictional, these people these, existed and. What, I, what I'm saying is, is how many people looked up Stagecoach Mary because of this movie? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I also, I just wanted to add that one thing, too, is that, like, yes, you know, however you want to think about this, what I do know is there was a lot of people Googling Stagecoach Mary yeah. and finding the real pictures and reading the real story. Which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what, bro? Along those lines, along those lines, you know, we've talked about in the past, like British actors playing these roles that are like Black American roles. And it's like, why can't you find an, an American actor to do it? You know, and listen, I love me some Idris Elba, you know what I mean? But it's like, sometimes it is a missed opportunity to find an actor that can be closer to that experience. Um, and, but for, again, for this movie, for I don't feel that movie, way. I th- mean, th- but this, I ha- there, there yeah. have been movies where it's like, you're telling the story of a specifically black experience and there's 20 baju- black American experience and there's 20 bajillion black American actors that could have done it. Don't choose box office over giving a, a person that is closer to the experience an opportunity to portray the role. But again, in this movie, I don't struggle with it as much because it's like, you know, they were, it wasn't 
a retelling of a of a historical event. Idris Elba, I kind of chuckled to myself as I was watching it because I was like, this is about people who are Black American. But I laughed to myself because I said, I was like, Brittany, I think Idris Elba was Black American in another life. Because I was like, he, if since the wire, like, is it like, let me tell you, my brain, (laughs) back when I, when I was watching the wire when it first came out and I found Idris Elba wasn't, he wasn't American. My brain fell out. I was like, <laughs> like I'm sorry, we put this back in. Yeah. He, and, and he, only, he only slipped. He only slipped up one time in the whole wire. But as far as as far as his accent, but uh, um, I'll say I wanted to say about Idris is that his accent got a lot better because I know neither one of you saw Prometheus, but he was a southern. <laughs> I don't they're in space. I don't even know why he had to be southern, but his accent, but his accent in that movie, his accent in that movie was just it was very bad. And and he this was good though. So I feel like he worked on it or got somebody that, you know what I mean? He got somebody to help him get the, you know. That's another thing I would ask. Did you get somebody to work with? You just bought this accident because it was good. Well, he's probably just bro, been here long enough. It's one of the. It's one of these things that, if you really think about it, how how much narrative did he have? You know, that's so. This is what I was when I was when I was reflecting yeah. on the, yeah, the yeah, movie yeah, for right, the yeah. sake of um, doing the recap. It, the truth is that there were main characters in the, the there were two people that 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 were the leaders of the gangs but nobody had like a whole bunch of big old monologues in this movie um, and i would say between nat and rufus nat had a lot lot more lines than yeah, rufus yeah. even though his presence in the movie he was there the entire time but in terms of actual lines, anyway, but I think that's why the writing is like, it's like shocking my mind to Channel 9 because without any character taking up an inordinate amount of space, we got to know so many of them. Well, and it's tough to do. It's, it's like almost to impossible to do. With Listen. so many people. Um, but again, it was those powerhouse actors the one, Brittany, you named it, that soundtrack, bringing these scenes to life, um, you know, and then again, it was just the, I, and I, listen, even shout out to the, um, the, the, the costumes, you oh. know, when they went into the white the town and in the, the parentheses said a white town, I was, and everything was white. I was cracking up. I was just like, and y'all, there was was one scene. um, Did y'all notice like the scene where the two women were fighting when Mm -hmm. Trudy and Mary were fighting? They were fighting actually in um, like a a design house or something. Because it was like, I was going to bring that up earlier. There were bats of dye and lots of um, yarn. And it was clearly where clothes were made. And I just thought, whoa, 
to have this fight between these two gangsta women um, in that actual space in the town where more traditional women would have been working. Yeah. I just thought, oh, it did the choice. It was so they, it was just it was just it was just so good. It they were both just, in doll colored clothes with that bright background mm. and they never fell into the dye. No. That lets you know just how even just for them, their character, the actual character people, how their precision in terms of fighting, like what we're doing and how we're going at this. And and I just and now that's something that did frustrate me, though. Was I'm it? like, we we fighting. We're two gangs. OK. Uh, Stagecoach Mary, why didn't you go find an extra bullet and shoot? Her in the head. You they already. Their, well, well, did you did you think that she left her alive or do you think that she thought she was dead? Because I think those who seen the dead. movie, the, you know, in each of the gangs, like there is like a, a leading lady and stagecoach. Mary is the leading lady in the Nat Love gang. Trudy Smith is the leading lady in the Rufus Buck gang. Now we get a sense that Rufus and, and Trudy have. And intimacy, we don't see it play out as overtly romantic, but they have a very real intimacy. Right. It's real. It's deep. Right. Right. Um, and it's so deep. Yeah. It's so deep. I loved watching that. And I actually love that they had that, that deep intimacy without it having to be a love story. Mm-hmm. I, necessarily. Yeah. We were able to see that there's a complexity there. So these two women... At the end of the, at the big confrontation scene, they fight, they fight. Part of it is that Trudy had been holding, had been really, while, while stagecoach Mary was being held captive, Trudy was really one of the main torturers, mental and physical of stagecoach Mary. So when it came time for the big confrontation, they went at it, the two of them. And, and it was great. And the, when the scene okay. ends, They are, it looks like a death blow had been, had been thrown and that Trudy was dead. It looks like Trudy was dead. And it looked like even if she wasn't, stagecoach Mary was going to make sure of it before she left that body. But then we see at the end that Trudy is alive and she actually observes, you know, stagecoach Mary and Nat riding off into the sunset. And so in some ways it sets up an opportunity for a sequel kind of. Um, but do you think she left her alive? Listen, or, or, or I, was she part of me? Cause that that's not their MO, right? Like, like how we were talking about, listen, I know you might have brother, but one of us got to die. Like, it's just, it's just going to happen. I just feel like these gangs are, like, I'm going to, I respect you. I respect what you do. That's why I want to look you in the eye and we both have a fair chance to shoot each other. Uh, but I am going to kill you. That's my goal. But I just want us to have a chance to kill each other together. And I just felt like she could have turned her over and say, well, you, I'm going to shoot you and you're dead. When I was just like, girl, when, so when it cut. you think she intended to kill her and thought she was dead? And you thought think, she was dead. Mm, I just think, bro? I, I just, I, cause, and, but her not shooting her 
that messed me up. Because when the scene went away, I said, did she shoot him? Because I was yeah. like, that, that needs to be... A Lock dead. it up. Make it clean. Like, let's just make sure that no loose ends when we leave this town. Um, <laughs> that town was shot. Up, know, I, um... Oh, and, the, and definitely... in the words of uh, Tony Baker, she he always Tony Baker always says, "You got to work the villain. When you're gonna kill him, you got to kill him, kill him." Like he he talks about that all the time, and I, that's what came to my mind. I was like, "We not gonna shoot her. We not gonna hit her a couple more times. We'll Make sure she get her. that pitchfork like, and this is done." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, I think. Um, I didn't think of it that deeply, but I think just I thought her objective was to defeat her and maybe even have her live with it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't get the feeling that she was trying to kill her. I just, I just didn't get that feeling. So I guess, you know, it's just, now that Brittany's saying it, like, I can see what Brittany's saying. But at the time, I didn't think of that. Like I did, I did, I got the feeling that she was trying to clearly let her know who <laughs> the deal was in this circumstance. And you need to walk around with that, knowing who's <laughs> what's up. Like I beat you down, and you need to spend life knowing that I beat you down. And if you ever come around again, guess what's going to happen again? You know what I mean? Or I might take it further. But Brittany Mm-mm. doesn't have a point. I need your I need your ghost. Because, bro, because, I, that's because it. you're leaving <laughs> a dangerous spirit. enemy. I'm dangerous. You have literally killed my entire family. I, All well, of my you know family the, and friends are gone. What, what this, what I'm this not means, leaving you alive to come and get me. This just means and obviously they didn't need the internet in this movie because Rufus was finding people very well without Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. He didn't. How did you find your daddy out in the middle of nowhere? Uh, there was no land. There were no people around. Okay, for miles. How did you it's find Pro- Probably had a trip ticket. Listen, Remember daddy listen, used to get trip, them trip tickets? Get a trip ticket. You trip know ticket. what, y'all? I, it's so interesting because I could see a scenario where she left her alive. Um, now, there were things that we saw. There were many times where Nate, um, where Nat Love um, didn't kill. You know, it's like part of the philosophy that we saw Nat live into was there were times where he could have killed and he didn't, you know, um, he would let a person go. He walked in to rob a bank and said, you know, I could kill you as a part of this robbery, or we could just head on out. Which way you want to do it? Um, and so I think that there it was a mercy in the Nat Love gang philosophy. And I also think that there could be something really poetic about the women not necessarily trying to kill each other, but just to win the fight. So maybe the women don't fight just like the men, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, because at the end, when she beat her, she just screamed out in victory. Like, yeah, you got got, you know. And frustration. Well, I let me tell you something. 
uh, not when you are trying to stab me with a pitchfork. If I'm standing over you and I know I just slapped the dog full out of you with yeah. a rifle mm-hmm. and all of that, I, you are dead before I leave. Listen, well, well, Brittany, I'm, I, I'm I gotta checking say, for I, vitals. Like, I can see both. I got, Brittany, Brittany I, okay. I, I, I can see your point. <laughs> I love when a woman character is tough and without it being overstated. I, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think they just did it, did it an amazing job of that. But the Cuffy character, the thing that I loved about her is that they didn't get into why she was how she was. Um, but she went into the military in real life. She went into the military, was pretending she was a man. Um, and that's how she got in. But the thing I loved about this movie and that character is that they didn't explain. You understand? Like they just, it was just an interesting character. It's like, man, I bet there's something going on there. And that is the art of, we don't got to give you everything, especially when we got 20 characters we're dealing with. But you know that this character is interesting. You know what I'm saying? And like um, her face off with Cherokee Bill at the end so was, she was so one angry. of my favorite. Oh, she was so angry. It was one of yeah, my Matt, fa- Matt Love's crew had a more honor in the way that they did things. You know, Cherokee Bill shooting somebody in the back, not letting the count go for the draw. It was <laughs> but the sheriff like, told him that he talks too much. <laughs> Even after he got shot, the sheriff was like, I told him he talked too much. Talk too much. trying to do too fast. <laughs> but it was like, what offended, what offended Cuffy was that he had no honor in the way that he was going exactly. about the Absolutely. killing. And it was exactly. like, we're, we're all here fighting, you know, risking our lives, but you're not even going about it honorably. And, and it was like, it was, it, it was, she, the tears came to her, but it was because she was so offended by the lack of honor. He wasn't honoring just even that, the outlaw code. If you don't honor the outlaw code, what I, I got nothing for you. Janelle, you you you're literally giving me goosebumps. I just that and the thing I loved about that scene is that Cherokee Bill in this movie is legendary. He's supposed to be. They talk about all movies. He's the fastest. He's and they show him how lethal he is. And I love. She did so much just with her eyes and her face. It was like. Dang, I'm about to go against Cherokee Bill. Yeah, another, another scared, character that didn't have a. But I'm gonna lines, let you know but, what. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> you gonna have to kill me right now. Like, like this ain't gonna be no easy win, dude. You thought she was scared? Not scared. I'm. Saying, oh, I was gonna say I not, didn't not, get any piece of scared. I'm That's the point I'm trying to make. Not scared, but recognizing the threat. It, it, it was just like she knew that she could die or he could die. Like a lot of times you'll just see this arrogance in the face of whoever's doing whatever. So it's like you kind of expect them to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but, but like for her, I don't think she knew. 
I, I, I don't think it was a, it was it was a foregone conclusion. I'm definitely going to beat this dude. I I looked in my, my notes, and what she actually said was, "You're going to shoot me in the back too, or cheat the count." That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's she. She literally said, oh, such we're, a good "We're about to do this." But oh my goodness! So you don't you don't have any honor. I just you have I no just honor. Wanna, I that, just so wanna, her face. She was just she so is, she, angry. And that's why, to me, there was no longer a legend of Cherokee. What's his name? Oh, Cherokee Bill. Oh, she ended that legend. Right. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, there was no longer the legend to her in her mind. Because she's like, oh, he's the fastest. But I've literally watched you twice be dishonorable. So, of course, you can be the fastest and create your own narrative because the other people are dead because you haven't given them a chance Yep. To to actually stand and truly have an equal opportunity to kill you, mm-hmm. and so you don't feel like she knew she was going to win. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, and she I think had a it ton is of because when I, saw I don't know, I know she had a ton of confidence in her face. All I saw was hurt, pain, um, and being frustrated that you are not being fair. And so also because you think that you're so great, you're discounting me in this moment, thinking this is probably going to be an easy kill. But little do you know, I am quicker than you and I'm better than you, not just because I'm quicker than you, but because I'm honorable. I do things by the code of whatever we have and I'm living by them and you are not. So the myth of who you are is you're actually a piece of shit. And I have to shout out the the song that was playing in that scene. And y'all, there are certain places in, I'm just like in my notes where it's like, I had to write down the name of the song. I mean, I'm literally talking about pausing the movie, queuing up my Shazam in my cell phone, hitting play so I can see what, what song it is. And for that scene, it was playing Black Skin Mile by CeeLo Green. And y'all, the lyrics of this, not going to read the whole thing, but it's like, um, I thought my karma would be my fate. Never saw the sun until it was too late. And oh, drew my loneliness chasing every last high. Take me back to black skin mile. I've never met a madman's soul that I didn't see reflections of that which I own. But I know there's something better outside. So won't you take me back to black skin mile? Anyway, when you think about the complexity of that scene, here we have a lauded quick draw. And here we have a quick draw that is not lauded. Um, we have this person that we watched have no virtue in the way that he's going about the fight. And we have a person that has just lost all of her gang and her team right before her eyes and is now confronted with this person. Just that, that song choice, just so good. And, and I wanted to also call out the song that was playing when, uh, in the scene we just talked about where Mary and Trudy fight. It was the song Let's Start by Fela. And that song is actually saying, let's start what we have come in the room to do. And the way that they started the song as the fight was going, y'all, this soundtrack, it, it, this movie just needs to, to, to the music it was really an good. award. It needs and an I award. Wanted, 
I Let do them make one. sure listen, because they gotta get one. Listen, so I do want to make sure to name the love that Cuffy had for Stagecoach Mary. Absolutely, that it was almost remnant of a romantic love that she had for her, but more so, it we let me take let me rewind. It could be named as a romantic love that she could have had for her but in real life it is to me what true friendship actually looks like yeah and that I'm saying goodbye to you I will probably never see you again Mm -hmm. and I have been we have been such an important part of each other's lives Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to see her hug her goodbye and to give her a kiss and her to be the one, Cuffy to be the one that's emotional, but stagecoach Mary feeling that, but being more so like, all right, let's get on this horse, let's go. And she and she leaves that. And she, which I just love that. I was like, I know that's right, girl. Uh, catch up. Uh so <laughs> I just I, I loved um that just that moment between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I really love that, that moment because it was, was so perfect. Those relationships um, were so like well they were deep developed for us. Deep. We got to see the depth of those relationships. And there were so many relationships. There was like been- even even when you watched uh Rufus and Trudy when he first came out of the jail and he put his head on her on her chest and I was just like like they, this, this is love. When mm. he put his head against um, the Cherokee Bill, this is my brother. My like, I love you. Like I've missed you. I thought I was never going to see you again because I had life in prison. Like I, I, just them being able to have that, show that type of love. I just mm-hmm. thought that that was so beautiful. But can I can I call out a couple more songs real quick? Oh no, yeah. real quick. Go for it. All right. So that scene where they break Rufus out of the train, they then now killed all the corrupt soldiers and they let the train go, right? And then you get to see the whole Rufus Buck clan lined up. The song that was playing right at that moment was broader than Broadway. Okay, I'm just going to name these songs so people can look these look this music up. So good. Okay, there was another moment where um, we saw Rufus's gang riding into their town. The very first time they went into their town. That was so great. Oh, it was so powerful. And the song that was playing at that time, Promised Land. Okay, and um, that was, was one of those scenes where it was like, you know what we're trying to do and you, it doesn't matter because it's just so dope. Because it's so good. <laughs> so we're very obvious about this. And it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. And shout out to Dion Cole. He was the mayor and he's always playing something funny. But to see him in this serious role was very yeah. excited. And he did Same a great Same thing job. for Damon Wayans Jr., yeah. He he was very much playing a different kind of role this time than we normally see him play. Yeah. It was a nice stretch for both of them. That was nice. I had to yeah. Google it and see if that was actually him. Because it oh. just kind of threw me off to see him so, you know. 
Totally. Oh, and of all the name, we didn't name um, Delroy Lindo, who actually played the Marshal. Bass Reeves. Hello. Oh, gosh, yes. Come on. Like, Gotta name him. Listen, and I do want to make sure that we don't forget the Wanda Wise and Michael Beach. They were at the very beginning of the movie. Michael Beach, we, these um, Wanda Wanda Wise are definitely two Black actors, a Black actress and a Black actor that are well-known. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of stuff. And, and a lot so of stuff. much stuff. So just wanted to name them as well. And then two other actors we we forgot to name. R.J. Seiler played Jim Beckworth. And Eddie Gafegi played Bill Pickett. So anyway, everyone was excellent. But those were the key names we got to get out there. So, but bro, you were taking us to the vote. Obviously, it gets it gets it gets my revolver that I'm going to go to the gun store and start walking around with in my holster. I want to be a cowboy now, but no, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I really, I think. I think this movie is going to be something that people look at as a special event. All those, all the talent, you can't go wrong. And the movie was so fun. And I I also got the feeling that they were having a blast. Like, I, I feel like after Cut, it was probably so much fun on that set. So, yes, it is definitely a classic for, for me. Yeah, this movie definitely gets my revolver. And, um, you know, it is for all the reasons we've talked about, the amazing casting, the um, wonderful cinematography. I mean, just visually, this movie was so well done. Just oh, so powerful. Um it definitely for the 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 content itself, you know, it's like hashtag Black Cowboys, please. Like, I love it, you know, and um, I appreciate the character development. It is a Western and it was about fighting, but it was also not overly gory. So, yeah, it definitely gets my it's my uh, pistol. And actually, I want to give it an extra pistol for the soundtrack, y'all. Well. It was just several pistols. So you need you need two six shooters. Stunning. Stunning. Uh, but this movie does get my revolver. I think it's definitely a classic. You know, I normally judge movies off. Will my children enjoy it? Uh, these children I don't have yet. And mm-hmm. I think they will. If I was to have them watch it at the point, it, you know, when they're old enough to understand what's happening. And what I appreciate about it is that it doesn't, I love when shows and movies take you out of what they just are um so it's a western right and it's a fun movie and it's a good movie but actually it has historical characters Mm -hmm. that you can start to have conversation with your children to broaden the horizon of uh american history so I want to say, and, and specifically Black American mm. history, but more so American history because they're a part of history. Mm. So I appreciate that very much. It was very well done. The director was amazing. The cast was amazing. The music, I loved it. So it is definitely getting my revolver. Y'all, that's three and maybe four revolvers. Well, Y'all, listen. this movie is <laughs> definitely a classic from the right perspective. I'm going to shout out some of our listeners. Like, I have people telling me, I listen to you guys all the time. And I'm like, 
It's like Rachel Farber. Okay. Thank you. Yay. Ashley Bacon. Taja, our god cousin. Like, we have people who are listening to us faithfully. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much. And I mean, Erica, my classmate, she even gave us an idea to talk about some stuff. And so we can't wait to implement that idea. So we just appreciate you guys out there. James, you know, you guys are always just, oh, what's his name from your birthday party since? Chuck. Um, Chuck, like, you guys just, I love y'all. 